think, ponder, reflect, and consider. This is Mall It Over with Dr. Richard Mall and Andrew Mall. Experience the life-changing power of God. Hello, this is Richard Mall with Operation Light Force and the Mull It Over podcast. And excited to have a special guest today, Jason Brunt, and get his story. He is a, a Christian parent, patriot, and founder of Straight Talk. Is that correct? Straight Talk? Uh, the founder of Florida Straits, uh, which is sponsors Florida of our Straight Straits. Talk podcast. Straight Talk podcast. Awesome. So, yeah. So, Tell us your story. Like to get to know you, and love to get to know our guests. Uh, of course, of course. Um, so I've been making my rounds over the past year, um, making quite the scene, triggering some of the radical progressives. Um, all by unfortunate happenstance, I guess you could say. So back in the days of um, famously known as the Don't Say Gay Bill, realistically known as the Parental Bill of Rights or House Bill 1559 with the expansion 1069, uh, there became a trend that was circulating in my my children's schools, one of which um, on TikTok, which included some teachers as well, where they were going to don rainbow colors to school the next day in protest of Ron DeSantis's law. Uh, my son, being a Christian as well, decided he did not want to partake in this. He made it known that he did not want to partake in it. And, of course, he was met with your common homophobic slander, bigots, all of the istophobes that the left likes to throw out on anybody that disagrees with their line. Well, I contacted the school, and to nobody's surprise, I was dismissed as, "Eh, okay, but we're not going to really want to mess with that protected class. Uh, So I went to the school board, and on May 1st of this past year, I spoke at the school board for three minutes, and what I asked for was true equality for all children, including straight kids and Christian kids and people that come from a traditional family, because as you have these schools with these safe space stickers that are rainbow colored and adorned that provide a space for only certain amount of children, there's a large swath of our community that are now being neglected in their celebrations and accolades just because they don't fit into the alphabet agenda. So I asked for a space that was truly neutral, that includes all children, including the straight kids. Um, Let me preface this by saying I was Senior Director of Human Resources, so when it comes to crafting language in a way that's going to be non-offensive and deliver the point effectively, I was very skilled with that. However, the progressive left didn't seem to think so. So after speaking at the school board, uh, one of the Moms for Liberty had put me on TikTok, which garnered virality within moments, Within an hour of leaving the school board, uh, our nonprofit is listed on sunbiz.org, so our names and addresses and everything are online. My brothers, who are also co-founders of Florida Straits, began getting phone calls, um, harassing phone calls, calling people racist and all the other games. And then the interesting one was my brother's employer uh, called, a previous employer had called and said that they were getting phone calls, saying that he was part of a hate group. So, interestingly enough, another moment, my other brother, who had just received a brand new job and was scheduled to start on the Thursday following, they called him and said, hey, we're hearing that you're a part of a hate group. Now, how these people figured out my brother had just got a new job that he had not started yet was pretty um, concerning, to say the least. 
Well, at this juncture, I, I was fairly certain that my employer had probably received phone calls as well, being that I was the one that caused the, the uh, ruckus by speaking for three minutes at a school board. So, with no surprise, I went to work the next day, and um, our very liberal um, office located in Virginia had their representative at our office, came downstairs, um, and informed me that I was no longer going to be employed by the company that I had worked for due to my speech at the school board and creating a hostile work environment with my words. I was let go immediately, wasn't even allowed to get the stuff out of my desk, told that I could come back on the weekend so that way I don't cause a disturbance with my presence for delivering a speech that was promoting true equality for straight kids. But you can't do that because if you don't be, if you can, you have to be an ally to this LGBTQIA plus whatever the hell the acronym is now. Only can be an ally. You cannot just be a traditional straight kid. So that's kind of how it started. Wow. Um, so it was immediately fired. And I was told by a couple of other people in my profession and, and some friends of mine that uh, the best way for me to handle this would probably just to kind of be silent, let the dust settle a little bit, so that way I could be employable again. So um, as you might get to know uh, from interacting with me, me being silent is not an option. So I got louder, and uh -huh. we uh, were able to get in touch with Jim Hoft from the Gateway Pundit. So our story went nationwide. Uh, many other different uh, news organizations also picked the story up, and we partnered up with Brave Books for a short period of time to help deliver uh, good Christian books to the school systems to counteract the books that were already in the school systems. By that national attention and bringing the attention to the subject, 67 counties in the state of Florida were still using divisive gender guidelines. Even though the Parental Bill of Rights had been passed, these guidelines were still listed as uh, the optional choices that children have when choosing their, I guess, categories in the school. Now, the a really odd thing about this is it's about four pages deep of descriptive terms that you can be, including a trans woman, woman wanting to be a man, trans man, a man wanting to be a woman. But one thing that was not listed in this entire four page of documents as an option was to be just a man or just a woman. You had bisexual, transsexual, pansexual, asexual, a litany of different sexualities that you could choose from, but to nobody's surprise, guess what was not listed as an option? Heterosexual. So we brought the attention to this. We got in touch with Commissioner Diaz's well office, and before you know it, guess what? Every one of the counties in the state of Florida was forced to remove those divisive gender guidelines. We've been on the forefront of getting books removed, and our podcast has gone fairly well considering the endless shadow banning and virtually no uh, promotional presence on any one of the platforms, X included. Uh, so that's kind of it in a nutshell. Wow. The level of censorship and banning is unimaginable. So how, what platforms are you guys on? We are on the majority of the platforms, although we've been banned by yeah. pretty much every one of them, every other post that we post out through the appeals process. Nothing that we're saying is in any way, shape, or form a violation of terms and conditions. The problem, pardon me, the problem with the radical progressive left is it's not about its acceptance. They want complete and total compliance and submission to the agenda. And if you don't do that, 
it doesn't matter whether you violate a term of service or not, you are immediately censored by the court of public opinion and shut down. They will deplatform you, and if they don't deplatform you, then they make you unfindable. So if you go to any one of the platforms and search straight talk, even if you do start straight talk with Jason Brunt, you can do it to the actual letter. Still won't come up unless you're a couple of pages deep or direct link to find it. So no surprise, we've been hearing this happen from everybody from very big names to just small little startup folks like myself. And I'm sure that you have also experienced uh, the um, censorship and shadow banning as well. It's it's a tactic that, that Joseph Mengele would be very proud to have put his name on top. I mean, this this social engineering propaganda campaign that they have is endless, and it spans from Hollywood to Washington, D.C., and what's more terrifying about it is the complicity that we as American patriots are, are sitting in, in a wallowing in a, in a stale pit of what is... It infuriates me to see the amount of cognitive dissonance and lack of action that's coming out of people that call themselves patriotic Americans. We can't just sit back and allow this, as a friend of mine, Ken Lovejoy calls it, Ku Klux Alphabet Klan to begin to take over our country through this agenda that's being infiltrated in our school systems. And if you boil it down to an organic level, it's really a war on Christianity. You know, uh, CNN came out and said something about be, being a war on Christian nationalism. So they're openly admitting that this is part of the tactic. And, and it's, it simply boils down to because it's the erosion of the fabric of our country. We were founded on Judeo-Christian principles. And in, in order for them to win their war on culture, they need to attack the Judeo-Christian values that our country was founded on. And it's unfortunate and it's terrifying that if you look back in our you can look back through the course of human history, but for more of a recent example, if you look back into the 1940s from 20s to 40s in, in Berlin, uh, fortunately Stalin's Russia, Adolf Hitler's Germany, they started in the school systems. In fact, a direct quote, not direct, I'm not going to have this one completely accurate, I don't have it in front of me, but out of Mein Kampf, very close, says, um, in order to manipulate the culture and language, that war needs to be waged in the school because that is where the seed needs to be watered to sprout the future generations. And this has been a tactic that's been used from the earliest days of civilization all the way till as we speak right now, and that's to infiltrate the school system. And if you look at how the, uh, it was called Hitler Jugend at the time, the Hitler Youth campaign was done, it was done by infiltrating the school with certain little flags and making sure those flags had to be posted. And then it became the blind allegiance to that flag and the party that represented that flag. And then the next step was, if teachers didn't abide by this ideology, then the teachers were sent to re-education training over the summer. Now, we're seeing the same pattern with those rainbow flags in our classrooms. And then if the teachers don't toe the line, they call it DEI training as it is now. But it's all re-education in order to form that future generation. It's 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 a uh, it's my duty to stand up and fight against it. And as it is, everyone listening to this podcast or anyone like it. I just heard that Jordan Peterson is one of the stipulations for um, him is to go through some type of reeducation. Um, I, I didn't hear that directly. My wife was telling me that and I'm like going, holy cow, like. 
hard to believe. Now I'm wondering, how have you been received by the Christian community? Quite well. Um, I'm I'm a part of a church down here called yeah. Foundation Church in in Northport, Florida. Uh, so a couple of the members of that come to our Charlotte County school boards on a pretty regular basis as well. Uh, so quite well with the church. Uh, of course, there is some fake churches, for lack of a better term. These are these uh, churches that rewrite the Bible in their interpretation in order to omit some things and accept others. And let's be honest, for the sake of probably finances. Uh, so there's some few churches that are very openly LGBTQ accepting that have not showed too much interest in communicating with us. But unfortunately, the Bible is the Bible, whether you like it or not. Sin is sin, whether you like it or not. Um, but yes, pr- pr- over overwhelmingly well from the, uh, I guess, cr- Christian community. And believe it or not, some of the members of Florida Straits are also from the Muslim community. So it's it's interesting to see the... Cool two polarized factions agreeing on one subject and working together for a common goal. Yeah. Interesting. I've seen a lot of pastors go that their agenda is to, we should all get along. Even people that it shocks me are like, like why make a stir? Why we need to make sure everybody feels loved and accepted, which uh, I believe Jesus was all about love and acceptance and at the same time, he was about the truth. And they're not uh, opposites. You, we can uh, love and, and reflect Christ. I remember in, in school when I was a kid, there was so little gender confusion. I remember one kid coming to school being um, like punched because he sounded, talked different. And I stood up for him and people were like, oh, Maul, are you queer too? And I was like, like, nobody should ever be treated that way. And, but it, but it was like, that was the only one. Now it seems like a majority are confused and, and pretty distraught at the same time. It's not like they're at peace. They've got joy. They've got, there, there are more segmented, miserable, um, and, and confused than I've ever, I could never have imagined youth being what it is now. And that agenda has swept our nation in really short amount of time. Well, there's a, a book that was written by social anthropologist J.D. Unwin back in the 30s, and he did uh, extensive research through it's got to be one of the most boring reads I've ever read, but it's definitely worth it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> a lot of dac- yeah. a lot of data, a lot of facts. But um, essentially what it was is he studied six of the major civilizations and eight aboriginal civilizations in depth. And when I tell you in depth, again, it's dauntingly in depth. So this gentleman did his research. And the defining factor that that caused the fall of all major civilizations was uh the lack of mon- uh, non the lack of monogamous relationships and the introduction of sexual immorality into the society and what jd unwin found is it takes about three generations for that to culminate to the destruction or the beginning of the destruction of every major civilization and we're starting to see that develop today as well with the questioning of reality or not. Um, as you mentioned, when you were younger, myself included, the percentage of 
youth that identified as uh, any one of these litany of alphabet letters uh, amounted to just over 1% under 2%. Now, organic growth is not a, a, a massive jump from that 2% to now, as they say, Gen Z identifies to uh, about 20% LGBTQIA+. Now, personally, if, if you are one of those members of that community, uh, that as an adult, that's 100% your right as an American to do whatever you'd like to do. Uh, our concern here is the introduction of it into the school systems where it violates the parental bill of rights, but it just violates basic moral and ethical code. You've got children, you know, in 1963, the Supreme Court ruled that it was not appropriate to read any religious passages in the schools. So why would we allow the indoctrination through the other means? If it's not okay to read the passages, then there also shouldn't be okay to have any controversial ideology that might go against what the different constituents in your community feel, i.e., you've got people of Islamic faith, Christian faith, Catholic faith, and Jewish faith, Jewish faith that do not agree with a lot of this progressive ideology. So I would think that anything that would cause polarization in an educational environment that's not developed to foster the well-being of the child should be removed from the school systems. We shouldn't create more division. But to your point about this, the group growing exponentially, that there's Again, back to, you know, the comparison of Mengele's campaigns. It is a propaganda campaign. You know, these these folks claim to be part of a marginalized community. But marginalization doesn't mean in the month of June, every major corporation changes their logos to your colors and the White House adorns itself with your flag, your colors. Those that's not marginalization. In fact, have you seen a straight pride flag flying anywhere? On any business or any government institution? I don't even know what a straight flag looks like, but no, I definitely have not. So and it I seems to me that... what would happen if someone did wave that flag. Oh, they would consider it hateful, right? They would protest and, yeah, and they'd yeah. be all at ends because of that. See, now that's not acceptance and equality, but you, you won't, you're not going to have the straight flag flown. But wouldn't that make that group of people marginalized when it's a refusal to even acknowledge? If you look at Hollywood movies, uh, the LGBTQ plus agenda, those characters and actors openly promote the lifestyle, talk about whom they sleep with, how they sleep with them, and at what frequency that they do. But if you look at the comparison of traditionally heterosexual characters that are in movies and TV today, there is zero mention of it. It's a taboo subject. It can be assumed that that's their sexuality, but you never see a character walk onto a movie and say, I am straight and it is great and I love the fact that I can make kids. It's unheard of because it's taboo. So that's really the marginalized community. But in a world of acceptance, then we should be accepting everyone, even including the big, bad, straight, white, Christian male. It, I put, made a post this week. I I don't even remember exactly what it was, but the main component of it was how bad bigotry is because, and it was someone who had posted about the biggest problem in America being the white um, evangelical Christians. And I was like, and, and with assumptions that that means you are all like this, whatever it was. 
and and that we all are completely judgmental and hateful and look down um, on on others. And I was like, I personally don't know. I, I'm not associated with anybody that has the point of view that this person was presenting. And it was right after the caucuses. And uh, her name was Joy. I can't remember her name, but I was responding to that. And, and, and the feedback that I got from some people is you need to read these books on the bigotry of the white people. And I'm like, uh, like the, the response showed so much bigotry. Like you are so committed to this view and me accepting this view about myself. When I go, I a hundred percent know it has zero relevance to me and who I am, how I've lived my life. I served in the inner city churches. I've been in Africa. Some of my best friends, one of my best friends is a Palestinian. Another, another, several of my best friends are African American. I got pastors in Africa that I'm friends with. So I'm like, their viewpoint has zero relation to me, nor anybody that I associate with or know. Now I was talking with one of my, my people and they were like, well, I grew up in this part of the country and it was pretty normal. Even in church, people talk like that. And I'm like, I personally have never been to a church that talked that way. And, and my main thought was like bigotry is the enemy. Uh, Assuming every, whoever it is, is a certain way. That's our enemy. And they're like, no, you don't understand. It's the white. And I was like, wow, how can you not see the discrepancy between what you are saying and your own behavior? And, uh, it's crazy. It's a very nice. hypocritical group, and they operate under the, the, this projection. Uh, even bigotry is is a word you mentioned, which is by far one of their favorite words is to lob a bigot at you. Yeah. But by definition, bigot is one who's strongly partial to one's own group, religion, race, or politics, as in, and is intolerant of those who differ. Now, a group that tries to silence people and get a parent fired for speaking on behalf of his child who get famous newscasters ejected out of their job for speaking the truth, for demonizing pastors that are speaking the truth, that is by definition bigotry. But as we've seen with everything, like they lob the label Nazis on the conservative right. But as I discussed earlier in this podcast, and I've gone into detail in many other different ways, the Nazi party was a liberal party, but just like they label us racist, yet the Ku Klux Klan was founded and operated predominantly by liberal Democrats. So they they live under this projection where they point the finger at you and lob the insult at you and hope that you're not noticing what they're actually doing in a world where we should have learned from all of our history and the accessibility to the internet of knowledge to where you can learn all of these things by simply searching. It's disheartening to see how ignorant we as a society are as a whole. And that's on both sides of the fence to not wanting to acknowledge facts and and figures that do not toe the line to our preferred narrative, our group think. You know, we've got this herd mentality thing going on, and it's social media is a huge influence, and it, it is destroying our society. Uh, recently, there was a study done, 
and it showed that the new Gen Z, Gen Alpha, which, by the way, should not be called Gen Alpha. If you've ever met any of the people coming out of this, we should skip directly to Generation Beta because I have not met many Alphas out of that generation. But according to this study, the attention span of children now is 9.8 seconds, which is significantly lower than that of a goldfish, which is why things like TikTok... (laughs) why TikTok is popular because 15 second videos and then people can't even pay attention any longer. But what's concerning about that is how are you going to convey any valuable information to anybody for them to learn within 15 second window? And it's all by design. It's a movie I grew up with when I was younger. It was a fantastic movie. And at the time I viewed it as a comedy Um, and little did I ever think that when I became an adult that this movie would then become a documentary, but it's called Idiocracy, and you may or may not have seen it, but it is about the destruction of the human race through moronic ideas and and culture, and and we're, we're falling into that right now, and it, it's, a, it's a scary thing, and we need parents, we need concerned citizens to stand up you know a lot of the fallback i get from the people on the conservative side is well i don't have kids in school anymore or my kids are in private school or i homeschool my kids so it's not that big of a concern to me but if you are paying property taxes you are paying for that indoctrination and as somebody who prides yourself as being an american a christian a patriot or just a decent human being, you should vehemently oppose this type of stuff being pushed through our public school systems in fear of what's happened in many different dictatorships in the past with the agendas pushed forth through the school systems. We need to save our future generation or we are going to lose our country because the ship is already listed so far to the left. We're going to need to put all of our weight to the right in order to center it out. And if we don't do that and we do that now, We're going to lose everything that we have had millions of patriots die for from 1776 till today. And it's a shame that some people were willing to spill their life and blood, risk family, career, and everything. You know, in 1776, they marched miles in the snow and had gangrene on their feet, all for the opportunity to load a musket ball and take a shot at the enemy to defend their freedoms. And now we live in a society where people are afraid of losing their dopamine hits and friends on Facebook. I mean, what kind of a pathetic, weak society have we become? On my podcast, I've interviewed several people from different countries that are here in America as activists trying to defend America. And and as gallant as that is and, and respectable as that is for those folks, where the heck are the American patriots? We're importing patriotism at this point. We had the trucker convoy in Canada, the yellow vests in France. We have uprisings that we're reading about in world news all over the world. But what about America? What, our claim to fame was the BLM summer of love? I mean, we we have enough patriots in this country where we should, by history, be setting the example for how the world should behave. But we're losing it. And it's all by design. And if we don't stand up and fight, we're going to lose. If you're wearing a North Face jacket, drinking a Bud Light, watching the Grammys, you're an idiot. 
stop buying that garbage. We we saw that work. Now, is is that the best way to wage the war? I don't know. That's for you to decide. But I tell you what, if it starts becoming effective, you better get behind it because the left congeal. They come together and they agree with things that they might have said they don't agree with their whole life. But if their party says that we have to agree with it, they join forces and they fight. Uh, <laughs> nonprofits are a huge way that they're doing that. Millions and millions of dollars into these nonprofits that are infecting our children through school. This is a huge organized campaign. The right needs to do the same thing. Now, we can still be logical and disagree on fundamental issues that, that are that are important to us. But when it comes to writing the ship, we need to come together. We all need to join together and we need to fight side by side. And you need to support other people that, that are in the same fight. And unfortunately, the right has a lot of infighting where you don't see that as much on the left. And as an independent who was a liberal most of my life, I've seen both sides. The left... They, they're, they're tight. They're a tight little group. The right, not so much. And that's what we need to see. So tell me how this has affected your own family, your own kids. Well, um, I, I don't like to admit that it's affected me too much because I think that gives uh, the people that were part of getting me um, into the hot seat a little bit more satisfaction. So I'll preface it with saying that we're doing just fine now. Uh, but it was pretty complicated. Uh, first, there were some issues my children had going to school about wanting to be in that type of a spotlight. Uh, but more so, you know, I lost a career. Uh, I was raised uh, in an interesting life. My mother and father, unfortunately, were involved in a terrible accident when I was a kid. So I was bounced around quite a bunch. So it was a, a rough start, and then I became a single parent, so things were a little tough. In my 30s, uh, I needed to set an example for the children, so I put myself through college, and I got a career in human resources, where I worked my way up to director of human resources for about seven different air conditioning companies, going from Virginia to Florida. Obviously, I focused in the Southwest Florida market, and I was proud of that. I was making good money, and I had excellent benefits, uh, so all that was taken. Uh, so for a good period of time, I actually went into the construction field because I was unhirable pretty much everywhere else. Do a Google search on me and nobody wants me on board. Uh, as far as human resources is concerned, I'm still blacklisted. I, I've looked for employment through human resources quite extensively, and uh, there's I'm never going to be hired in that, that field of work ever again, uh, which sucks because student loans are expensive. Uh, but I have found other employment, and um, we've been doing fairly well. Uh, nonprofit has made awesome. um, some pretty big impacts. We've been running billboards in the major cities. Uh, and I will say that every single penny that was donated to the nonprofit has not gone to administration fees and into nobody's pocket. It has all gone back to the cause, providing shirts for the community, school books for the kids, and billboards to trigger the left, which was a funny story. They had their billboards in Tampa, Miami, Orlando that said it's okay to be gay with all the rainbows. Uh, so after quite an extensive fight and battle with the I guess gods of the billboards uh, they were finally forced to allow ours as well so it was pretty awesome to see it's okay to be gay and then the very next billboard it's great to be straight so <laughs> so um, cool. we're doing good uh, never did I expect that I would end up becoming a pseudo activist but hey you know God works in 
very mysterious and interesting ways, and I've been enjoying the journey. So no matter what the left can do, I know that it's part of it's part got part of God's greater plan. So I'm I'm enjoying the ride. How how did you come to faith in the Lord? I was raised Catholic, uh, so I was I was and then kind of converted Christian. As I mentioned, I was bounced around from different homes. So each of one of the homes that I bounced around to were of faith, but of different genres. So yeah, from Catholic to just Christian to Pentecostal. So I was raised in quite a, a bunch of the different environments. Of course, I fell off the wagon, um, as a lot of people do in the young adults, uh, which, is, which is where I made some interesting life choices. Uh, and then it was when my ex-wife at the time had lost custody of the children due to drug usage. And it was time for me to step to the plate and be the man that I had needed to be. Uh, as I mentioned earlier, um, my parents were involved in an accident. So my aunt, my grandmother stepped in to raise me. So I got to see firsthand people giving up their own personal comforts in order to do the right, morally correct thing. And my brother and I are eternally grateful for those people and their sacrifices. So how dare I be anything different than that? So I needed to step to the plate and take care of my children. And I knew that I could not do it on my own. And I knew that I needed the power of God behind me. So that's when I kind of started reintroducing myself into faith. Uh, recently, I, I would say that I had found God again in my in, uh, reintroduced to God in my, uh, I guess, 20s, early 20s. But it was me, I guess, finding God. I would say this past year, God found me very forcefully. Um, as this has been ter- tormenting our family, I mean, we've gotten all the standard death threats, hate mail, feces thrown at our home. Things became pretty intense. And when you start fighting against the devil's army, you need all of the armor of God. So I began getting really entrenched into my church. And the church I'm going to now, Foundation Church, the pastor is Tom Liapley, uh, real great guy. Um, but it's... um. It's a Pentecostal church. And I remember as a child watching the uh, Pentecostal services and thinking that there were some elements of it that I thought were kind of, pardon me, but for lack of a better term, silly. Uh, So as an adult, going to this church was interesting because I listened to Tom's podcast quite a lot. So I have a lot of respect for the gentleman and I've been going to the church quite a bunch and had a lot of respect for the gentleman. I just couldn't couldn't wrap my head around this power of God knocking somebody over at the end of the service. And, and Tom doesn't do it like a, you know, big production mega church type thing. It's a very, if you want to do it, come here. If not, you know, you're good. It's very casual. So uh, recently, uh, well, uh, not so recently anymore. Time seems to fly faster and faster, but you know, about last you know, eight months, nine months ago, uh, went to church and I decided I'm, I'm going to just give everything up and give in. So I went up for the altar call at the end of it and watching a couple people here and there go down and I'm like, yeah, all right, well, all right, well, I don't know. Maybe, maybe it'll hit me. Maybe it won't. He comes over and prays on me and 
nothing really happened, but I was questioning the whole time. So the second Sunday I went back there and same thing. But this time I'm like, I'm, I'm going in blind and I'm not going to look at anybody, not worried about anybody around me. I'm just going to sit here, pray and, and do with what what pastor says. And, and Dr. Mo, I mean, I'm, I'm not lying in the least littlest bit. I, I felt dizzy. I felt like I had been drinking two cases of beer. I, I felt off my feet and, and rocked me back. I did not fall, but I definitely dropped down on my knees, and I've never felt anything like that in my entire life. And and again, I knew God, but I think God just found me this year. So I don't know exactly what He's got planned, but uh, I'm I'm running forward, blind, smiling, and and I'm excited. And it seems like every hit that we've taken, a miracle pops out the next couple of weeks, and it pulls us out of the dirt. So we've been able to keep the home and keep all the lights on and keep all of our stuff. So God's, God's working out pretty good. Um, didn't think I'd be able to survive on half the salary I was making before, but Hey, it's working and, and we're really not hurting because of it. So it's, it's a good thing. That is awesome story to hear. Um, I, I, we homeschooled our kids. They grew up in, in, um, homeschool but i see that a lot of the stuff we're talking about has gripped the homeschool community as well and i was telling my wife last night i was like i don't think anybody's homeschooled anymore and my wife was like what are you talking about because we're in that community and i said i said they they get a lot of their education from their devices and Mm -hmm. they've been influenced by the media social media movies tv you know, the news. Uh, and when they go off to college, I've watched kids that had a pretty amazing, strong faith just do a 360. I know my first college that I went to, um, the the theology that I was introduced to at a Baptist college was called Neo-Orthodox Theology. And it was developed under Hitler in Nazi Germany. And imported it, it swept through the Baptist um, churches and Baptist colleges and Baptist seminaries. One of the only denominations to to really work hard at cleaning house um, and and went from almost all of their schools completely taken over by a theology that was intentionally designed and created to destroy people's faith. And I knew it day one. I was like, if I buy. If I drink this Kool-Aid, if I buy what they're selling me, then why in the world would I go and try to be a minister? Why would I try to be uh, help anybody else become a Christian? Because it is just religion. It is just a social form. And I, I my faith grew that year because I wanted to have answers to, to debate what I was hearing. And as you've been speaking, one of the things that, that I know— I, when everything came down with COVID and and all different other kind of stuff, the people that I had the most regard for were the people who had the highest degrees that they had arrived. They were, you know, had everything going for them and chucked it all to expose the lies and and their, their jobs, their careers, those things were taken from them and because they were going to talk out about the truth. And and uh, and you're one of those kind of people and I was like that's who we should be listening to. The people that are 
they're fighting the most to try to discredit, that's who we should listen to. Because, you know, and, and I can list different names, but I had a dream and I, and I, and I, this came back to me while you were talking and I, and I, and I hope this would encourage you, but I had a dream not too long ago and um, I had shared it on a podcast because it, it felt like it related to someone else that we had on our show. And in the dream, there was this man, mostly unclothed, being beaten, had two people uh, beating him with whips from either side. And I, and I saw this and I was like, and I knew that he was being beaten for not fitting the ideological framework. I don't know what it was, but whatever it was, he was, he was being beaten because of his disagreement with the party line. And I heard the spirit of God tell me, go and protect this man. And I was like, wow, that is quite a request, Lord. But it was like, go cover him. Stand and take the beating that says, I, I like few words, but I knew what the Lord was telling me to do. And I was like, I, I just began praying and I was like preparing myself in my dream. I'm asleep preparing myself to take those blows. And I walk up and I begin praying and I'm praying in the spirit over this guy and I, and I cover him and I, and I'm hearing the, the whips pop, but I'm not feeling anything. I don't know if they're missing me or if it's hitting me and I am protected, but I begin to pray more boldly over him. And then I began to sing, um, the, something about the blood of Jesus. Oh, the blood of Jesus. Oh, the blood of Jesus. Oh, the blood of Jesus. It washes white as snow singing. And, and next thing I knew, I, I had glanced up on the hill and this family had been watching this guy be beaten and watching the whole scene. And they, they hear me singing and they start singing along and their faces light up. And next thing I know, I've got someone, I'm, I'm still hunched over this guy. I'm singing. I'm kind of glancing around a little bit and I feel this arm around my shoulder. I look up and it's one of the men who's got a whip in his hand and he's got a smile on his face and he starts singing along with me. And the man that, that I had been hunched over stands up and we begin walking up this hill together. And I don't know where we were headed, but there was this, I woke up from it while we were walking up this hill. And I knew that where we were headed was very purposeful. Like there was something significant that we were walking towards. And it was like, I woke up, you know how, when you're like, man, I've been sweating. Like I, I experienced this in my sleep and I didn't, I didn't understand it um, completely in the moment, but I'm like, that is what we are being called to do to stand against the tide, to stand with each other, to pray over each other, to protect each other, um, and, and that, it, that it is being seen, it is being noticed, it is making an impact. And I knew that I was supernaturally protected in that. And I was like, thank you, Lord. So I, 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 I want to pray for you in this segment that um, the Lord will continue to give you voice, that he will restore everything the enemy has stolen from you. And you know what the, the reality is? Because I, I walked away from a lot. I, I was in a mega church and had a, a trajectory, but I began to see what Jesus taught his disciples. And I walked away from all of that. Three years, no position, no title, no church, saying, Lord, would you disciple me? Would you teach me to do the stuff that Jesus did? Cast out evil spirits, heal the sick, preach the kingdom of God. Baptist 
youth pastor. You know, it's not their normal trajectory. And, and, um, and I don't look back with regret, you know, and, and, I, and I've watched the Lord restore. I've watched him rebuild. But I would gladly live without that, that's what, like now I'm just blown away by by the, the Lord's blessings and provision. And I try to outgive God, but I, I'm, I just was given $30,000 to buy a truck. Um, and and uh, I had given away uh, my um, s- stuff and, it, and it's like, come on, God. And, and, um, and, and, I, and I don't want to pray for that. I, I know the sacrifice that you've made to move in, to run in this direction and to stand up and to speak the truth. And, and I honestly was at a place where I was like, I don't ever care if I get any of that. I'd rather have the kingdom. I'd rather have God. And now he has given all of that back. But the reality is not everybody in Hebrews 11 got it all in this life. Some of it wasn't until they're with him. But the, but the treasures that are stored up in heaven are worth every sacrifice we make here and now. So um, I don't know. You know, Doctor, I, I, don't, in the middle. I don't consider it a sacrifice. Before. I consider it a privilege, a pr- privilege to perform my duty. Thomas Jefferson said, when tyranny becomes law, rebe- rebellion becomes duty. I consider it a privilege to be somebody that can stand and defend my country in the face of adversity, and, and as should everyone. Uh, you mentioned your dream, which yeah. is inspiring me here, but but it reflects on on psychology. Uh, it's called the bystander effect. You know, in your dream, you were the one that stood in, and you ended up causing a reaction because other people saw that you were willing to be the one to stand and take the blows, and that in turn caused other people to do the same. That's a plague affecting our society now is we're all looking at the bystander effect, hoping that somebody else is going to jump up and take the torch for us. And sure, there's famous celebrities, podcasters, so on are doing it. But in your local community, where's the hero? Where's the hero that you've been waiting for? Well, the answer to that question is it's you. You are the hero that you've been waiting for. And if you're taking a step every day to do something that might make you a little bit more uncomfortable, but it's working for the greater cause, then you're a patriot. You don't have to be level 100 patriot. Level 2 patriot is fine as well. But right now, we have nobody that's leveling up their patriotism. And we need people like yourself that are willing to take the blows, myself and many others, to stand up there and take the blows. Who cares if you lose your Facebook account? Who cares if you lose your Twitter account or your TikTok is suspended? Who cares if you lose a few friends? Those are probably people you shouldn't have in your social circle to begin with. And yes, I'm going to say it. Who cares if you lose your job? There's more jobs. There's more friends. There's more opportunities. But you only have one opportunity and one shot to defend this nation that we grew up in to become and continue to be the nation that we grew up in. Let's say it. Make America great again, right? (laughs) Amen. Amen. Well, I want to pray for you, and then would you close us praying over um, our our society, our um, the people that are listening to this podcast, whatever God puts on your heart? Sure. All right. Lord, I just lift up Jason to you. I thank you for the courage that you have given him, the boldness. Um, I pray, Father, for uh, 
Lord, awakening in our nation. And I pray, Lord, that uh, you would lead and guide your people to reflect your character, your image. I pray, Father, for um, open doors. I pray for blessing and favor for Jason as he, um, Lord, stands up for truth, for righteousness. And I pray, Father, for uh, this nation, Lord, that you would bring this nation back to you, back to your word, that you would wake up a sleeping giant, the church, Lord, and church leaders to, uh, Lord, um, embrace you, your kingdom, your word over the lies and the agenda of the world that we're in now. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. I would, <clears throat> excuse me, I would like to close by asking everybody uh, in their prayer requests. And I would ask that, Lord, you give everybody the strength and the conviction to stand up and speak for what you know is correct, even if it hurts some feelings. You know, when Jesus came in and flipped the tables over, I'm sure he ruffled some feathers. But it was done for a just reason. And we need our country to come back to God. And we need every Christian in this country to pray and activate to bring God back into this country. Because as we spoke, the erosion of the fundamental Christian values is their modus operandi at this point. And the only way that we can combat that is with the full force and the full armor of God. So I pray that God would give everybody the ability to grab their confidence and know that there is an army that is millions strong, billions in souls that are behind everybody. You have a comfort zone. You've got friends. You've got support. It's time that we rise and we bring this nation back to God. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jason. And uh, we will put links to your podcast and your website. Um, so if you could text those to us. Um, I want Sure. I, we got a link tree, out. so it's real easy. One link brings you to everything. Link tree forward slash Florida Straits. But I will shoot that text to you for your description as well. Awesome. Very good. Thank you so much for being on our show today and for what you're doing to, to shake up the world. All right. <laughs> Take care. You're very, yes, sir. Thank you.